Oh, I got Caden on here. <laughs> this is going to be great. <laughs> it's going to be organic. It's National Coffee Day. What up, fam? Honored to be here. I got my coffee. It is decaf, which I understand for some people, um, they find that a sin out of the, the book of Leviticus. But yeah, um, your boy started having heart palpitations from all the caffeine that he was consuming. So we had to get control over that. I thought I had a demon. Yep. I had too much <laughs> caffeine. So it was I'd still be. I don't know yet. We'll, we'll yeah, find yeah, out. Facts. That's I have facts. a Alani New. Oh. So, not sponsored by this um, recording, but it could be. <laughs> it could be if they want to reach out. What up, Alani? If they hey, watch, I love how you're just drinking. You're just. I love how you're drinking pre-workout, just like right before, just like 100%. a little like conversation. Yeah, I just like to be ridiculously amped before we talk about Jesus. I just want to make sure my heart is at my heart rates. Yep. It hangs at like a 160 the whole time we talk. So yeah, if it ain't above the twos, I don't want it. Uh, so I'm I'm here for that. Facts. <laughs> How have you been, bro? Burning. Talk about the Dude, I've been so, so good. Um, my year has been so wild and started off so different than what I imagined my year was going to look like. And what God has done this year really has been when, when, the, when the Bible says that God is going to do exceedingly and abundantly more than you ever asked, dream, or imagined. Um, they're not kidding. And what happened in my life this year was something that I never saw coming, but was something that changed my trajectory of my life forever. God saved me in so many ways and um, really has begun to give me such an awareness of Holy Spirit and how he works in and through me and my giftings and callings and places that he wants to do, take me and do in me. And so my year has been incredible, Josh, and uh, I'm just excited to be on here, dude, talking with you because it's just another cherry on top to just a great year. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah, dude. I, I think that's 2021. I think 2020 was like a slow punch to the face. And then 2021 was like, all right, I'm a curb stomp you with a little bit of uh, like a gang uh, approach to it. But then yeah, um, God obviously works all things for the good of those who love him. So dude, it's a journey. It's so fun. It's like, yeah, the, the, the times where we can look at, big events like that you went through or Lex and I went through. It's like, all right, God, what are you doing? And then now yeah. you see it on the other side. You're yeah. like, Oh, that's what you were doing. Absolutely. I feel like so much of 2020 for people was kind of like, you know, like God kind of spraying the weed killer on some things, but yeah. you know, when you use, when you use weed killer, the weeds don't go away. They just become easier to uproot. Right. And so I felt like 2020, he was just spraying the weed killer and then 2020 came around, he started plucking those things out of people's lives. And yep. for me, it was a lot of things. And for, I'm sure you had even experienced those. And I know I've talked with so many people that are like, yeah, so much was weeded out of my life through the punch of the face of 2020, through the weed killer 2020. And so I'm so grateful for 2021. And um, apparently, I mean, apparently we're still in a pandemic, um, right. but I'm just glad that we're, I'm just glad that people are kind of finding the good in everything that's going on or finding ways to not only hear from God, but um, kind of be refined by God. So, Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. I think that's yeah. been, it's been an honest, I think, approach Like God's trying to just have yeah. people have honest conversations with themselves, with him, with other yeah. people in the local church, you know, it's like, where are we Absolutely. at? Where are you actually at? You know, like Absolutely. no more faking it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is good, man. I feel like we need less faking in the church. And uh, I think it's cool because 
I think God is making it really hard for people to fake it now. And right. so what you're seeing is what the church is always supposed to have been, which was just a, a hospital for, for hurting people mm-hmm. instead of like a showroom for masks, you know? And so I'm just excited to see what God continues to do in the church and even outside the church, outside the four walls and in the, yeah. the pillars of society that believers reach their hands into and kind of permeate throughout society. So, yeah, hundred percent. I, uh, I made a TikTok like two years ago, like right when the pandemic start, it's like, I literally have like two of this TikTok. Yeah, dude. I got like two TikToks up yeah. there and it's still blowing up, bro. It's still going. It's still hit. It's still bro. offending people. <laughs> I love it. It's so good though. It's so good. It's like, I remember it was like, it's like some of y'all are upset you have to wear a mask in church, but y'all have been wearing masks in church forever. Right. Like that is so good. And it's unfortunately so true right. in so many different ways. And I think true healing comes when you're able to be vulnerable and you're able to take the mask off and you can say, all right, Holy Spirit, like the mask is off, right. my heart is open and I'm ready for you to do your work in me because I'm excited to see what work you want to do through me. And it really only happens. I was talking with a friend yesterday. It really only happens when you open your heart up. And so many people believe, because the Bible says, like, you know, God is close to the brokenhearted. But I really believe that God is close to everybody. The brokenhearted just feel it more because their heart finally broke enough where it was open. Right. And I think for so many people, like, in every area of your life, if you want to experience Christ, if you want the transforming power of Holy Spirit in your life, it just takes a willingness and an openness. 100%. And a big part of that openness is putting down your mask, is saying, all right, God, this is everything that I am. Messy, a little bit broken, a little bit sad, a yeah. little bit addicted, sort of depressed. And saying, God, I want you to be in every area and every aspect. And I'm open and I'm willing. You can have it all. And then you start to understand and see your worthiness. You start to identify yourself as a saint viewed as the righteousness of christ jesus and everything changes in your life dude so 100%. it starts with that vulnerability really yeah and we we as leaders have to do such a better job when people open up to or our friends even a better friend let's use that word to be able to listen and to not react when somebody says something that they're struggling with or struggled with yeah um yeah. The, the reality is like as big or as small as we think it is it's all forgiven the same it's healed a different like our healing process obviously there's things that you need to go through but like we're forgiven the same and it's not through us it's through jesus but um our healing it's, it's confess our sins to one another so you may be healed um and that's where the healing comes from is opening yeah, up absolutely 100 100 100 big part of it too is rem- like remembering you have that mind of christ right? Like you share the same mind as Jesus when you allow your, your mind to be renewed by Holy Spirit. So like when somebody comes to you and says like, listen, I've been struggling with porn. Like if you have the mind of Christ, you shouldn't be surprised because you should know that God is not surprised. Right. And you shouldn't be judgmental because you should know Christ is not judgmental. And your first reaction should be love because that would be Christ's first reaction to love. So right. it all comes back to this like renewing of your mind and allowing Christ's mind to be yours and that's how you can love people better and help the healing process and all that good, amazing stuff. Yeah. So well, let's just say hypothetically somebody in what area. So this is side, side chat here. What area of California or like LA are you in? So I'm an hour east of LA. 
30 minutes east of Pasadena okay. in a city called Rancho Cucamonga. Um, most people don't ever hear of it. Most people think I'm lying when I say it because it sounds like such a weird name. Somebody one time called it Rancho Cucumber to me. That's slightly offensive. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, bro, I'm about an hour east of LA, more in like the suburbs. Yep. Um, yeah. I'm sure Lex and I have been through it. We literally twice in five months have been to LA in the surrounding area. One for our honeymoon and this last one is for a wedding, but do we love it? So if you, if, if you've driven from LA to Pat to uh, Palm Springs mm-hmm. or Palm desert, you've, yeah. you've passed through Rancho at some point. What was, yeah. what was the name of the city again? Just so I can. <laughs> Rancho Cucamonga. I'll text it to you. No, it's not real. I'm telling it's you. a tough one. It's, <laughs> I know it doesn't sound real. I'm like, dude, who came up with this name? I don't, I really don't know. For marketing purposes, dude, you should see when they put Rancho Cucamonga. It's like, got 14 legs. Of the, right. <laughs> Sounds like a so Lion King yeah. character. <laughs> yeah, for real. Yeah, it's Mufasa's best friend. <laughs> <laughs> right, let's go. It's a spell. I'm just kidding. Um, so we're obviously kind of going through a lane of vulnerability, honesty, um, 2020 fun. Uh, what, what do you feel like God has spoken to you um, on the positive side? Like you, you're coming off of kind of a crazy season, but it looks like you're thriving from what I've yeah. seen, from what we've talked about. Like, yeah. how did you get here? Yeah, I mean, I think honestly, <coughs> excuse me, honestly, I think through any season that somebody walks through, it's going to always come down to not so much what the season did to you, but how you reacted to it. Mm-hmm. And for me, I'm so grateful to walk through what I walked through and feel so close to Jesus and feel like the hand of God so so close and so firm all my life. Um, and really just surrendering everything that I thought I was, that I built up to be myself, my identity that I had formulated to his and saying, all right, God, I got a lot of stuff to rewrite in my story right now. And understanding that brokenheartedness and um, dream shattered and just all the things you go down the list are not the things that write your story, mm-hmm. but Holy Spirit with his love, his grace, his mercy, his anointing, his calling on your life is the exact thing that is writing your story and has written your story from the cross to here. And so I just think when you are able to understand the perspective of like where you truly sit in the eyes of God, where you truly sit as a child of a light, as a child of the kingdom, like everything is able to shift in your life. Even when you walk through those tough areas, even though you walk through those tough lot, those tough spots. And so for me this year, man, God has really just been teaching me so kindly and so graciously, really the friendship of Jesus. And it's so incredible that it took me so long. I was, a, I've been a believer my whole life and it's taken me so long to finally understand because I've finally sat in the presence enough. I've finally uh, um, submitted enough to know that like, yes, Jesus is my Lord. He's my savior, but he's also my friend. And what that looks like to me is it's somebody that he wants to sit and hear what I'm going through. He, he wants to sit and, and, and cry with me and laugh with me and have fun with me and understand I'm disappointed and understand that there's more for me and speak into my life. And, and as a good friend would really, Jesus has been teaching me what it looks like to have a friend in him. Um, And it's really changed the dynamic of my relationship with him, my intimacy with him and fully my understanding of who he is in my life. Cause he's not just a, uh, almost like a figure of that. I can never reach, but he's close and he's intimate and he's, and he's as vulnerable with me as I am with him. And so, yeah, man, this year has been a roller coaster and 
you, I hit the diff and it's just been the tick, tick all the way back up, man. I've been so blessed this year, but so many new relationships and friendships and people and opportunities, God's opening doors that are crazy. Mm -hmm. And, and so for me, it's just really realizing this year that none of the doors opening or the people I'm meeting or the things happening are the priority. None of it. What really matters is knowing Jesus intimately. I said this the other day, I posted this little thing on my Instagram. I said, Christians too much are looking for the hand of God. Mm -hmm. They're trying to see the hand of God instead of seek the face of Jesus. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is we're looking too much for, okay, God, where are you moving? When are you going to open the door? How are you going to fix this? How are you going to do that? When are you going to, when really God wants us to say, sit at my feet and look at my face and know that the, the priority is a relationship with me. The priority is knowing how much I love you. The priority is knowing how much you love me. The priority is this intimate relationship that builds everything the, from the foundation of your life that separates sin from your life, that separates anything that would take me away from knowing him intimately and understanding that that is the priority of life. That is the first thing that us believers need to do. Everything else is just the cherry on top. Everything that stems from that. So when you get in that place where you're like, man, I am so, I'm, I'm just intimate with the Lord. I love him so much. He's all I want. These other things start to line up and, and come through and you start to be able to do these really cool things and stuff starts to happen. And then you start to realize, so what? Right. It's not the priority. Like, so what? It's not what I'm here on earth for. Like, so what? You know? And so for me, that those are the things that, that, that Jesus has really been teaching me this year, man, and has really changed so much of my perspective and my heart. And it's been a blessing to walk through. And some of the lessons I had to learn harder than others. And some of them, he's just been so graciously right. knocking on the door, repetitively telling me and teaching me. So yeah, man, what a year it's been. I'm really grateful. Yeah. I think um, something that came to mind is, dude, the same thing that we're willing to live for, it's the same thing we're going to die for. So absolutely. Uh, when we're talking about influencers and deals and opportunities and dude, the things that a lot of our culture, even Christians strive for, yeah, it's the same thing they're going to die for when they don't get emails or DMs or more followers. Yep. Um, all that stuff's great, dude. And God's moving. God's got to use open hands. Um, but he really wants your heart. Um, yeah, but dude, that's, that's huge. I think it's a perspective shift when we look at like, um, somebody like you or some of our friends of like people who look like, um, it's like, no, nah, dude, actually, I just really love God and he's actually yeah. aligned things because he he exalts the humble and he basically demotes the proud um so 100 and the, the whole the, the biggest thing i could probably summarize it into one sentence is i've gone from wanting what was god's hand to wanting what's in god's heart and when you do that it shifts everything because you realize like what's in god's hand may be blessing and maybe opportunity and maybe things and maybe more followers and brand deals and speaking engagements and book deals and blah blah maybe in his hand right what's in his heart is the thing that really fulfills your life and what's in his heart is the thing that really empowers you it really equips you so that eventually you can do the things that he does have in his hand for you right but you should never be looking at the hand before you look at the heart and that's why i think god calls david a man after his own heart because david was in the beginning not looking at what god could do for him right but he was looking at who god was for him and I think that that's just such a big, like, differentiation to be able to understand um, in your relationship with him. And it'll shift everything. Like, you're not trying to rub the, the bottle to get a genie to come out. Right. Like, you're on your knees submitted to your savior, to your friend who loves you and is walking with you because he wants to fulfill 
all the junk that's going on in here. Right. He wants you to have a peace and a calm and an understanding and a confidence from Holy Spirit, knowing that the God, God, the creator of the universe lives inside of you. Bible right. says we are in him and he is in us. And that's what his first priority is. The rest of the stuff, again, is just the cherry on top. So hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, yeah, a hundred percent dude. It's the, and what I felt like this season for us, Lex and I was, um, like stepping into a new role at church and stuff. Um, like God cares way too much about the people we're attached to, to just sit in our pride or let us sit Mm. in, um, things that we're putting behind closed door number seven. Um, really like he wants it out because we are all attached to people, um, who also are sons and daughters of him. So yeah, like we're either going to submit and listen to him or he's going to say, Hey, I'm your dad, sit down and listen. (laughs) And yeah, and it's really our choice. Like you either do it or he's going to make you do it. (laughs) Says he makes me lie down in green pastures. Um, yeah, leads me beside still waters. It's not like, um, I chose to go to the green pastures and, uh, go fishing with dad. It's like, nah, dude, <laughs> like he made you sit down. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, I mean, that could, that's even true for my life, bro. The first, the first month of my, of this year was our boys sit down. We got some stuff to discuss. Right. And hey, boy, you lost sight. Mm-hmm. You got distracted. You started to, you started to get, you started to prioritize stuff that was never your calling in your life. Mm-hmm. sit down we have some stuff to discuss right and uh praise god he did you know and yeah. it's, it's kind of like the story of jonah man like jonah was gonna go to nineveh right <laughs> he was gonna go like either whether he was getting taken in the in the belly of a whale or he was gonna willingly go he's going right 100 percent. and uh he's not he wasn't powerful enough to stop that he even tried to kill himself by jumping off a boat you know it's like so it's, it's really like comes down like you said either sit down and listen or there's going to come a point where you do. And I don't say that to be like, Oh yeah, God is scary. But God, i really honestly, this year learned about his, his good discipline and kindness, because when you're, when you're, when you're running away, you're far, you're in the wrong lane or you're not in the will of God or his hand is not on your life. Like he is so quick to right. pull you and reel you back in. And it may not feel good. And it may feel like you're not a good dad. This is hurts too much. And I'm uncomfortable. And I don't like it. Then you're going to get a little perspective. And you're going to realize, oh, frick, this dude right. just saved my life. Like, yep. oh, my gosh. Like, I was headed for destruction. And he rerouted me towards my destiny. And this is just, there's just no more joy than you could ever receive than knowing that, like, you have a savior. You have a God that is literally looking out for you in those ways. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude. I mean, I think this is the title of our talk together. Uh, Prophet Kendrick Lamar, sit down, be humble. Oh, I just got chills. Come on, Jesus. Always <laughs> oh, here. Come on, somebody. Sit down. Be here. humble. And I, that's absolutely a game changer, man. I mean, like that is the essence of, of life. I read today in Proverbs, and I might butcher this, but it's, I think it's that pride brings humiliation mm-hmm. and humility brings honor. I didn't butcher it. Come on, somebody. It's oh, great. And I read that this morning, and I was like, wow. I think it's crazy that that ends up being the, the kind of the discussion of our talk today. And really it's like, wow, pride brings humiliation, but humility brings honor. So much of our culture is like, Hey man, puff your chest, right? Go hustle, grind, work for it. You deserve it. Ain't nobody's going to give it to you. Go. And it's like, 
that chip on your shoulder, get to work. And, and God says, well, relax, right. sit down, lay at my feet. If you see a door, sit in front of the door, knock and wait for me to answer. And if I don't answer it, it's not the right door. Is it's like, you know, you want to, some of us, we so often, we want to kick down doors, but any door you open, you have to keep it open. Yeah. But any, any door God opens, no man can shut. Nope. And so it's like, it comes again down to the humility. Like, yeah, you can, you can begin to feel like, yo, I'm prideful. My gifts are big enough. I'm ready enough to go bang down these doors and kicking things and stuff may happen. Right. Because, you know, God allows what we allow, but it doesn't mean that his hand is on what, what we're allowing. And so it's like, Go keep the doors open. See how it works. I kicked a ton of doors open in my life. They all shut. Yeah. I wasn't strong enough to, to keep them open. Yeah. One of my best friends, uh, he's our youth pastor at church. He always says to our students, like, you've been doing you for a while. How's that been going? <laughs> That's like, facts. That's like, facts. Yeah. You've been doing That's you. Facts. You've been doing your thing. You've been trying your best to, and it's yeah. like, how's that been going? Oh yeah. You're more anxious than ever. You're depressed. You hate your home life. You have no friends. The friends you have are probably doing the same thing you're doing. It's like, I mean, it's, it's yeah, the yeah. truth, you know? Yeah. You're purposeless, sad, empty. When the Bible says that you should be purposeful, filled, and overflowing. Yeah. Where the, where's the mix-up? Where are we missing it, you know? It's just like the Chicago Bulls this season. Like, we're making it to the playoffs, you know? Praise God. I mean, I don't know if Lonzo Ball has that in him. I, I'm going to tell you, when Lonzo Ball was a Laker, loved him. He left the Lakers, and I said, good riddance, my friend. You yeah. did nothing for us. I'll take and, it. But it's been, you know, honestly, honestly, your guys', your guys squad is going to be nasty, though. Yeah. Because you have, you have Lonzo, you have Zach Levine, right? Yep, and DeMar DeRozan. Yeah, yeah that's going to be kind of filthy, bro, actually. So we'll I see. To- I mean, the Lakers – the Lakers are running a retirement home over here in yeah. LA. So Bro. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how we're going to look. Your standard is undefeated. Our standard is win some games. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. Our stand, your standard is it's never going to be as good as Jordan. We'll never be the nineties. It's like the, I I'm an Iowa Hawkeyes college fan, like college football. So I was born and raised in Iowa, it. but I live in Nebraska right next to each other. They hate each other. And Nebraska was so good in the nineties in football. So like every dad ever in Nebraska always talks about the nineties. I'm like, bro, close oh, your book. Like yeah, nobody bro, cares. the nineties are done. Yeah, yeah. They've, they've been done. The nineties are done, bro. Yeah. I was born in 98. That's me too. Born in 98, bro the end of the 90s we made it <laughs> um made it through all right it's so crazy though we were born in we were born in 98 sorry we'll get to what you're about oh, to say, yeah. but we were born in 98 and i hear people like oh yeah i was born in 2001 i'm like huh it's only right. like a few years after us but i'm like <laughs> yeah. what? you were born in 2000 it like sounds so weird right. yeah 100 percent. i'm so yeah. glad i wasn't a 2000s kid Sorry for if you're watching oh, here, 2000 kid. I love you, but hey, 2000 kid, we love you. We love you so much. Uh, just get off TikTok. You're spending too much time on there. Please, but, yeah, get off that thing. I yeah. deleted it a couple months ago because I was just over it. I was like, uh, yeah, bro, I I just don't get it. Like, I have are wild and yeah, yeah, dude. I I don't go. I, it's on my phone. I just never go on it. It's not my favorite. I I post on it. And I never get any love. So also I like have this like hate for it. I'm like, you guys hate me. I hate you. Right. What are we doing? Yeah. 
it, 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 I put a coffee IG reel up today with all some coffee picks. You had to, you know, like, yeah, to. absolutely. Today's coffee day. You got to talk about it. All right. Two things before we end this talk. One, talk us through one little piece of wisdom. And then two, give me the Lakers uh, record this year. Not playoffs, just regular season. <gasps> oh, one little piece of wisdom. What do you mean? Like something that's been on my heart, something that I've been like kind of munching on something. Yep. Right, I've been munching on this. I was actually thinking about this all day yesterday. I, I drove up to visit a friend who lived far away. So I had four hours in my car, two hours there, two hours back just to think. And I was thinking about this. I am, I think too often that believers walk around feeling too unworthy. And I say that because I think we have perpetuated too much this, this attitude of unworthiness this posture of unworthiness, when I understand potentially where it started, like, you know, we don't, we didn't deserve what God did on the cross for us. We didn't deserve how he came in and saved us. However, it has, I think the enemy has manipulated that into a, into a, um, into kind of this feeling of unworthiness throughout our lives. And I see too many Christians walking around, like, I'm just unworthy. I just, I can't walk in the call. I'm just not good enough. I just, I can't. And I think it's such a lie from the enemy because here's why Jesus, God saw you as worthy enough to die for. So in the eyes of God, which is the way that we are supposed to view ourselves, knowing that we are believers, we're no longer supposed to view ourselves as the world would view us, but we're supposed to view ourselves with the mind of Christ as Jesus sees us, as God sees us. He sees us hidden in Christ as the righteousness of Christ Jesus and righteous things are worthy things. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's too often that believers are saying like, I'm not worthy enough. I don't belong here. I can't do this. When in fact, what God is actually saying is, no, you are so worthy that I died for you. You're so worthy that I gave you anointing I gave you calling, I gave you purpose, and I've set you apart. And that's how worthy you are. And I think too much, I'm gonna get up, I'm gonna start preaching. Don't make me too many of us are allowing the enemy to continue to combat and 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 depress us with this idea of unworthiness. And we think it's humility. Right. But in reality, it's not humility at all. It's it's actually destroying us as believers because we are the heirs to the kingdom of heaven. We're royalty. Royalty is worthy. Yeah. And we, but we want to, we want to tell ourselves that we're unworthy. We can't do this. We can't do that because the enemy has allowed you to believe that because you didn't deserve what God did on the cross. It must mean you're unworthy of what he did on the cross. But God is saying, no, you're so worthy that I died for you. I'll do it again tomorrow. I took all your sins. I, I called you and I, and I conquered and I made you a victor because you're worthy. And so I just want to encourage anyone listening to this today. When you begin to walk in the freedom of the spirit, knowing that you're worthy because Christ has claimed you as so, it'll change everything in your life. You can walk into any room. You can walk into any calling. You can go to any job interview. You can walk into any classroom. You can go to any college and believe I belong here. I was called here. I was yeah. made for this moment. I don't know what God's going to do here, but I know I'm worthy enough to be here. I don't know what God has, has in me, but I know I'm worthy enough to carry what he's placed on me. And so I just want to encourage anybody today to walk in worthiness right now. Now, here's also the most important thing. The Lakers are probably going to go, we're going to go to playoffs, obviously. But I think we're probably going to go, how many, how many regular season games do we play? I think it's 80? 84 or 80. 84? I'm going to say we're going to go 62 and 12. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm saying. I think if we can stay healthy, we're going to be okay. You like how I just transitioned from my soapbox right into the Lakers? You, um, so I think, I don't know, man, we got the retirement home going on right now. And you so guys, I think if we can stay healthy, 
Got to do it, bro. Do you, if yeah. you guys don't win the NBA championship, your season was a failure. That's facts. That's literally how the Lakers have carried their organization, though. Like, if we don't win a, a chip, we, like, it's over. Like, if we don't have the ship, like, nobody cares. Like, right. Laker fans were not satisfied by anything else. Mm-mm. Like, oh, we made it to, like, the third like the third round. We, we made it to the our conference finals. Everyone's like, I don't care. Especially you got Bron, man. Yeah. Yeah, that's facts. Well, Caden, thank you so much for your wisdom, man. Um, yeah, bro. I hope that whoever's viewing this leaves encouraged um, with a smile on their face. Um, hope they took notes. You have so much wisdom. I'm sure we could talk for, like, three more hours. Um, you like Joe, Ro- Joe Rogan style next time, just kind of pull up. I love it. Let's do it. I'll come. I'll come up to. Ne- I'll come up to Nebraska, bro. Do it. You got a place to stay. 